This is Metrics and Chill, where you'll learn practical strategies to drive consistent and predictable growth. In this episode, Pete Caputa, Databox CEO, chats with James Robert Lay, founder and CEO of Digital Growth Institute, to hear his journey of building a successful consulting practice focused on helping banks and credit unions improve their sales and marketing efforts. You'll get insights on how to focus on a specific industry or vertical to differentiate your consulting practice, why you should invest in research and insights to understand the unique challenges of your target market, how to develop unique service offerings that address the specific needs of your clients, why co-creating with your customers is so powerful, and a ton more. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Metrics and Chill, the Databox podcast. My name is Pete Caputa, CEO here at Databox. Today, I have a very special friend and guest, uh, James Robert Lay from Digital Growth Institute. Today, we're going to talk about his business and how he has built a really successful uh, consulting practice by helping banks and credit unions and fintech companies really up their game on the sales and marketing side. Uh, welcome to the podcast, James Robert. Pete, thanks so much for having me on, buddy. So James Robert and I go way back. I'm I was trying to think about how we originally met, but I think you were a, a HubSpot partner a while ago, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're still a HubSpot partner. Probably not yep. like uh, you, you didn't you didn't go all in on the orange Kool-Aid, but you're still a HubSpot user and still recommend it, right? Absolutely. Um, and and then um, we started talking more frequently over the, I say, the last few years uh, while I was here at Databox um, and uh, come to really respect how you've built your business. It's different than most marketing consultants, uh, very different than a marketing agency. Uh, but why don't you give us a little bit of background about your business, what you do, who you help, what you how you help them. Just give us the the thirty second or sixty second, whatever you need, spiel on it, and then we'll jump into how you got there and um, the stuff that you're doing now. That's I think people will find really interesting. Yeah, so we inspire human transformation at financial brands within their their marketing and their sales teams, so that they can build a digital growth engine that helps them get more loans and deposits. And we do that through nice. research and insights. We do that through research and insights that's supported by education and coaching to, to, to keep that human transformation going on. Awesome. Awesome. A lot of big words. What I loved about it was how specific it was to get loans and deposits. Because if you go and ask like a random marketing consultant or a random marketing agency, they're going to say leads and sales. And that means nothing really to a bank, right? They understand it, but it doesn't mean the same as getting loans and deposits, right? Uh, and so when you say loans and deposits as the, how you, you know, the, how, the, how you measure the ROI of what you do, um, I, I bet that the CEOs of banks and credit unions and fintech companies, that their ears uh, perk up. Is that right? Bottom line. Yeah. That's how it, did bottom you, line. How did you get to this level of focus on this market? Well, it Where almost did, cost me my it? marriage. It almost cost me <laughs> my marriage. Um, it. it was... It was uh, an agency for 10 years and we were very successful, uh, but I hated the work and I was very frustrated because I was seeing things within the vertical that, uh, and have always been in the banking vertical, but I was seeing things that uh, it just wasn't sitting right with me. And so I would start making these recommendations of, you need to do this with your website, or you need to think about this type of a strategy. And I was getting told pretty much shut up, just do what you're told. And uh, we'll write you a check. 
wasn't good enough for me. Um, and it created a lot of internal conflict. And then in 2012, I made the decision of we need to go down a different path. David Baker came in and, and, uh, ran me through the ringer. And he said, why don't you blow things up, start over. And so been on this now, this path for the last decade and, uh, have learned a tremendous amount along the way. Yeah. I'll give you 11 years then. So I didn't realize David C. Baker was so pivotal. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan. I think we've connected over the three, the three of us have connected over this, but for those that don't know, David C. Baker, uh, is a consultant for professional services firms. He has a, he's works a lot with marketing agencies, marketing consultants, uh, and he's written a lot about positioning and how to really define your market. Uh, two books that I highly recommend are the business of expertise. Andy's scared of uh, my, and- Andy's scared of my wife. And he's scared of your <laughs> wife. He mentioned that to us, right? Yeah. And then his second book is uh, Secret Trade Craft of Elite Advisor, which, which is a really easy, very actionable book. But you worked with him well before he wrote those two books. And so he came in. How did you pick banking, though? Did you have banking clients before or what it, What was it's what a, was banking? It's it's always it's I've always been in the banking space and um, started oh. working with credit unions. And then I said, I think it's a noble, I think it's a very noble vertical to be in because if you think about money, money touches every person's life. 85% of people in the United States are feeling some level of financial stress. I look at this as a way if we can help banks and help credit unions think about their go to market from a different perspective, Mm -hmm. that they're not just selling loans and the same great rates and the same amazing service but they're really right. guiding people beyond stress towards a bigger future. That's where we see the biggest transformations happen. There's so much lookalike positioning and communication within financial services. Those that see the loan or see the deposit as this is the path towards the future, whether it's an individual or whether it's a small to mid-sized business looking for growth mm-hmm. and you yep. lean into that, you're playing this helpful guide of this Obi-Wan Kenobi to people's real, real emotional pain. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The real, real goals, real things that they want to achieve. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's how you picked banking. And then you kind of never looked back. It seems you've been doing that. So you have your own podcast. I think you've recorded 400 episodes. It's all on uh, marketing related to bank and banking and Vendek. You've written uh, several books. Um, is is the one titled Banking on Digital Growth? Is that is that the is that the latest book that you've written? Um, that so was the you have first clever, book. First book, sorry. That was the first book that came out uh, two years ago, and then the second book, Banking on Change, is scheduled to be out in February March twenty twenty four. Okay, got it. So I love I love the puns that you work <laughs> into the titles of the books. Um, so Banking on Digital Growth, obviously. Uh, banking has two meanings there. Uh, and so that's clever. And then that gets you, well, I shouldn't say that gets you, but you also do a lot of speaking, right? You get invited to speaking. You mentioned you have uh, an agent uh, that mm-hmm. helps you with that as well. So that's a big part of your business is speaking at conferences, speaking privately at banks or at fintech companies, right? That's a big deal yep. for you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I would say it all goes hand in hand together. You have research and insights that leads to Mm -hmm. podcasting, that leads to articles, that leads to writing books, that leads to speaking, with leads to private events, which leads to deep level retainer engagements. 
Well said. Yeah. Um, but you had to put in that work. I'm guessing you get didn't get a lot of deep level retainer engagements before you wrote the book and before you just was speaking, right? Like that all kind of came about as a result of you doing that research that allowed you to write that book, allowed you to have something to say, that allowed you to get these speaking engagements. Is that, is that I mean, right? It, it's playing a game in decades. Um, and I think, you know, so many people are focused on like the, I need the short term win. And if you can just kind of like, I run marathons. So the way I look at this is like, I'm going to, I got 26.2 miles to run. No, no reason to burn out in the first half mile. Just go slow right. and steady. Got you. Got you. So yeah, I, I'm sure it, it didn't necessarily feel that way back in 2012. You said you, it almost lost your marriage. So I'm guessing that it was some stressful times, but oh. now I think you really established your business and I imagine yeah. you're doing well. So you, you said you're willing to share these numbers. Could you share a little bit about revenue and margins and where you're at so that people have context that you can give you, you know, context around why they should consider following a similar path as you have? Yeah. So, you know, if I look back to where we were in 2012, we were pushing mm -hmm. right about 2 million or so in revenue. Um, but I had about 12 people working for me at the time. Um, okay. Flash forward to where we're at today. And we bounce anywhere between five to 600,000 a year to upwards of nine, 950 uh, okay. a year. And with uh, anywhere between two and a half to three, four employees max with those numbers okay. so got it so the margins are way higher and i'm guessing you don't because all of your work really is consulting and mm -hmm. um low low touch products um and so I'm guessing your margins are quite high you don't have a lot of cost of goods sold or really no <laughs> no no, mar margins are, are are definitely higher um mm -hmm. and i think the other interesting point is when you begin to develop patterns and you can build IP around that, you can yep. build products like we've done. We have our digital growth university. Yes. It's one and done, but it's sold over and over and over again, which then goes in turns to help increase margin. And yeah. it's, it takes time. It takes dedication. It takes commitment, but the payoff on the other side, if I think about where I was in 2012, the money was quote unquote good, but the stress was super, super high. Cause you're on the I'm hook way... for deliverables in that model, right? In your old model, your original model. Yeah. Which, yeah, so you're, which I don't know what, what were you doing then? Were you building websites? What were you doing? I mean, the traditional digital agency, building websites, okay. sending email campaigns, placing ads, all, all of that stuff. That but stuff. I said, what if we just taught these banks and credit unions how to do that and do it even better and then we're able mm -hmm. to look over their shoulder and then become the obi-wan if you will um mm -hmm. and they begin they they're the heroes um their ceo right. th they're happy take the glory i'll just sit on the rock and fade away like in uh hey just a quick interruption in past episodes you've heard guests give advice like the first step is just like actually measuring and monitoring, right? Which sounds very fundamental, but a lot of companies don't even do that, right? If you ask for like, hey, do you have a monthly kind of report of like what's happening in the funnel? It's like, oh, well, we have this over here and we have this over here and we have the traffic data and GA. So the first thing I think is like build out, you know, a presentation uh, that you're updating every single month. Or it's way easier if you have all this stuff being centralized somewhere and can look at it. 
And I promise that's completely unprompted. We try to book smart B2B leaders and learn how they're driving more predictable growth, and they end up sharing advice like that. And Databox makes it easy to do all of that and more. You can track your marketing, sales, revenue, and CS performance all in one place. It lets you build custom dashboards and view metrics from over 80 tools side by side. You can schedule PDF reports that automatically update your data in real time and send to your team or your clients. You can even set up custom Slack alerts that alert you when you hit your goals or when numbers spike or dip. If you want to try it totally free, just go to databox.com or click the link in the show notes. Okay, back to the episode. Episode nine. (laughs) Got it. Okay. So yeah, but switching it's interesting is that I just recorded another podcast uh, with a woman named Lauren uh, Ryan. She runs a company called Coastal Consulting and she her path is almost ver- like verbatim yours. A um, l- little bit of shorter time horizon. She started a business just a few years ago, but she quickly grew it to 12 employees. Um, and uh, once she got there, she had a year where she or she had no margins. She had a loss in the books, a very small loss, mm. but still a loss. And, so, and also... The, the, um, kind of the, through the economic turbulence and she was hundred percent project work. She just couldn't keep people employed. So she just said, screw it. And she cut it down to her and her sister. So one and one and a half people. Um, and, um, her business went about half, uh, revenue wise, but clearly 12 people (laughs) making, uh, I think she said like, uh, I can't remember the numbers, but like you could cut, you could afford to cut the revenue in half and, and you start paying her. She started paying herself and her sister a whole lot more money. Um, so very similar story. Um, and like she said, she'll never go back, right. She'll never go back to building an agency. Um, she still does services work, but it's very specific services work. She's really carved out a niche, um, and with a specific service offering. Um, you gotta, you gotta know yourself. Similar story. You have to know yourself. Um, and what, what gives you energy? Because I think if you're doing anything outside of anything that gives you energy, I don't care what the money is. It's, yeah. You're eventually going to burn out and hit a wall. Right. For sure. Um, you said something a, a few minutes ago um, that the first step is like research and you have to notice the patterns. Can you unpack that a little bit? Can you give me a little bit, like put some context around that and how you did that in your business? Yeah. So a lot of it started when we were doing these digital secret shopping studies, um, when we made this pivot, uh, because we had, we had no IP, we, we had no perspective. And okay. so I was like, well, let's just go study people. Cause I would say for me, I'm just a very curious person. Um, I'm like, a, yep. I'm just a big kindergartner and I <laughs> like to watch people. And that's why I say I'm a, you know, people, what do you, what, what do you do? I'm a digital anthropologist. And so I study the intersection of marketing, sales, technology, and human behavior. And so when we start watching how people, both through heat maps, click maps, the big data, what are people doing? But I'm more interested in the qualitative, like why are people doing what they're doing on these bank and credit union websites when they're shopping for a checking account, when they're shopping for a mortgage? After, I think we've done like 1,200 studies at this point. Um, oh, wow. you start to see some real patterns emerge and then it's that you're like, oh, now we know. So for example, um, around 60 to 85% of all online applications, when someone clicks the apply button, 60 to mm-hmm. 85% are abandoned. That's a huge, okay. like empty shopping cart, um, problem. Right, right. We know that there's intent. 
Well, the question is, well, why? Well, because a lot of these banks and credit unions use a third party that manage these applications. They're beholden to their user experience. And so right. through that, you begin to create so, you know, solutions to those problems. And it all comes back okay. to, well, what's the patterns that we're seeing? Okay. So that's very specific. Once again, to your target market of banks and credit, credit unions. I'm sure some of those lessons can be applied in other industries where there's an application, but you have very specific data and experience with that problem for that industry. I think that's mm. one of the things that a lot of consultants agencies miss that when they pick a market, they, they think it's just about doing the same old services for that market. But really, in order to differentiate yourself in that market and have a, a unique service offering, you have to do the research to find the patterns that are unique, the patterns and problems that are unique to that industry that are translatable to other companies in that industry, right? That you, so once you have those patterns and then you can develop that unique service offering and then you can come in with solutions that, that work and are proven. Well, it's also, you have to have the pattern matching of how to package up everything too. And we've mm -hmm. experimented with a lot of different packaging methodologies and, and go-to-markets, if you will. We were initially leading with quote unquote pure play consulting, but then the problem was is maybe one or two out of 10 would apply those insights. And then we said, well, we need to build an educational component to support that. So we built this educational digital growth university and we started leading with that. But the problem then was people aren't identifying that they have a problem to begin with. And so now it's repackaging and retooling. Okay, we're, we're going to lead with a light diagnostic, secret shop their website, look for some you know quick wins, low hanging fruit, give them some industry benchmarks, then if they want to go further, then it's like, well, we know the next problem is getting alignment with other team members. So for okay. a lot of times we were, were historically working with, just with a marketing team. You can help marketing all you want. If marketing doesn't have support from other executives or the sales team, marketing is going to end up running into challenges roadblocks. So I said, we, we got to bring right. everyone. So you, then you, you do a team alignment workshop. You get everyone bought in. Everyone's seeing the same thing now. Now you do the deep diagnostic. And then from there, you support that through ongoing education and through ongoing coaching to support that human transformation that's needed. Because change is hard. Change is really hard with people, particularly people <laughs> right. within the financial services vertical. Yeah, that's no, a it's a difficult business. They've been around forever, right? These organizations, right? They're doing things in a certain way forever. It's also sensitive materials, right? You can't just go mm -hmm. tweak the form for the mortgage application. You have to be thoughtful about how you do that. So, um, yeah, no, I totally get yep. right, why you would need to do team alignment as a next step. And so, so you, you, you have speaking engagements, which you get paid for. Um, you also, um, and then you have those speaking engagements also often lead to an engagement with a bank or credit union. You're saying you start, you start those mm -hmm. with a light diagnostic, do some benchmarking of their marketing performance of, you know, how things are working on their website, um, feed that to them. That certainly piques their interest. I'm guessing it's probably the first time they've ever seen a this, uh, an analysis that's specific to banks. Um, then you're doing uh, some team alignment, a deeper diagnostic. Um, you have the course, and then I think you mentioned earlier that you also follow the course up with with a workshop um, and quarterly check-ins to help them with the strategy, keep them moving in the right direction, keep them focused. Is that right? Exactly. Yep. It's the accountability cool. piece because once they, 
have the knowledge, then they have to go and apply the knowledge, but that's where they want to fall back on those old patterns and behaviors because that's what they know and it feels comfortable. And we're just there right. kind of just nudging them gently along the way. Okay. Got it. That's cool. And you have the whole executive team on board. So, and you have credibility with that whole team from your workshop. So there's, they come in, you come in and say, Hey, you know, you're off track a little, go this way. And they, they're all on board with following your advice. So that's pretty awesome. So it took you a little while to get to that process. It sounds like you started in different processes or different offerings. And then now you have a very specific process that works uh, for them. It hasn't been linear, um, but it's been learning. <laughs> you also mentioned that you do work with FinTech. Um, obviously FinTech wants to sell to your typical consulting clients, right? And so you mm -hmm. can be almost a translator, it seems, uh, and a connector for, for them. How's that work? That's been interesting. So it takes what we've been doing with the podcast and I was getting a lot of, can we advertise? Can we advertise on your pod? I don't, I want to do any advertising on the podcast. I'm, I'm wanting to help yeah. people with this. And I said, well, what if we did like a, a four part sponsored series to where, you know, we'll take your, your thought leaders, your executives, we're going to unlock their knowledge. We're going to capture it and we're going to amplify it out into the market space. And that has been okay. very interesting uh, because I'm, I'm, it's this idea that human centric content is what people connect with. People don't connect with the brand. People connect with people at the brand. And right. you're doing such a tremendous job yourself doing this. And so we're just doing the same exact thing for working you know, with FinTech and MarTech and SalesTech that are selling into the vertical. Got it. And, but they don't have to like get themselves a copy of Riverside and a fancy microphone like I do and schedule their own podcast. You're doing, you're doing, you're bringing them on, you're guiding them through, and then you're repackaging that content uh, yep. afterwards. And then do you, do, is there other engagements you have with those companies to kind of help them further? Or is that the main thing that you're doing? We're, we're, we're really pausing at that point right now with them okay. because that's the, the, the problems that they have are just vastly mm -hmm. different than what we see over at the bank and credit. And it's, it's kind of like, okay. you need to know where to draw the line of the problems that you're going to be solving. Otherwise you begin to disillusion yeah, yourself. No, it's very, yeah, it's very different. Yeah. Very different selling technology basically to banks than it is selling a loan to a consumer or a small business. So mm -hmm. got it. Cool. All right. So it sounds like you're, it's, but it sounds like you have quite a few service offerings that you've developed and you, you're serving those two different markets, which are two very connected markets. And that's why, uh, that's why it makes sense for you and for them. Um, and then, uh, let's talk a little bit about your, uh, the stuff we're doing together. So we're doing some stuff together to help you connect with more banks and to help us, um, uh, also connect with more banks, right? So like we're working together to kind of bring uh, bring visibility to banks and credit unions on how their sales and marketing should be performing and what their sales and marketing strategy should be based on data. So maybe you tell it from your perspective. Why did you choose to partner with us on this? Well, I've, research and insights were already just a key part of the methodology that we have. And whenever yep. I saw that y'all had the benchmark studies, I said, oh my goodness. And you had reached out to me about this and I dragged my okay. hills. And then I think a lot of it was just me dragging my hills. I, I don't have a reason why. And then once I said, we, 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 we started this, I think I even emailed you. I messaged you on, on LinkedIn. I said, we should have done this sooner this year. And um, <laughs> it's it. interesting because right now we're in the data gathering phase. And right. 
one of the interesting patterns that we're seeing, once again, very unique to this, is uh, the pages per visit. Um, very, very low. Uh, and mm -hmm. we obviously know why. Why do people go into uh, a bank website? They go to log in. Well, knowing that and knowing just buying behavior, we can now make contextual recommendations on how to actually apply those insights to their unique situation. Yep. Yep. Let me, um, let me back us up a little bit so everybody has some context. So we've partnered together to build a benchmark study. Um, the benchmark study is specifically for banks and credit unions. Um, and it has two components. One, it allows the banks, credit unions to benchmark their marketing performance. their mostly their Google analytics, um, data, a little bit of ads data, um, to start. We're going to be expanding that to other, other data sources. And then we're also running a survey to understand some of the way they perceive their own marketing, as well as some of the things they are and aren't doing, what's having a bigger impact and not, et cetera. Um, and so far, um, I think we have 37 companies opted in to the benchmark group. So that's 37 companies that have connected their Google Analytics for accounts. Uh, and so those companies can then access and see how does their sessions compare to those other 37 banks anonymously. How does their engagement rate, their bounce rate, their page views per session, et cetera, all these metrics, um, and how, how does that compare to other banks? Um, and I don't think that exists anywhere else. Do you, do you know? No, I mean, this no. is, these are the questions. We've been getting these questions for years. And I had to just say, I don't really know where that is, but we'll try to find it. And every mm -hmm. now and then you'd find something maybe on like email open rates or digital ad click rates, but nothing specific to the vertical. And I think it's through this collaboration yeah. that we're getting this deep level knowledge that we're then able to give back to the industry to, you know, rising tide lifts yeah. all ships. Yeah. I was looking at some of the data, uh, once again, anonymously, um, before the call today, before our call today, and I was looking at the bounce rate and I saw that the median bounce rate is like 30% for this group of 37 banks. Um, and we got on a call and I mentioned it to you. And he's like, that's really high. I'm like, no, that's amazing. Because <laughs> um, like, when I usually look at benchmarks, I don't know what our entire data set is, but like when I look at SaaS companies or marketing agencies as a group, their their um, bounce rates are in the 70s, high 70s, 80%. Uh, and so banks clearly have a much lower bounce rate. And it makes sense, right? Because people are going to their bank's website to log in to, uh, or, or to check out products that they might need. Right. Or, and so they're going to spend some time there. They're not, they're not going there to learn about mortgages. They're going there to learn if they can get a mortgage right? Right. Um, from that bank. So they're not going to, those bounce rates. So it makes sense to the bounce rate, but I think most banks would never have context on is 32% a good bounce rate or not. Um, because there is, I haven't seen any studies that show what the bounce rate should be for a bank's website. Um, and so that's what we're building together. What I was amazed with, James Robert, is when we started working with, is that uh, how quickly you got 37 companies to opt in. Because uh, they have to go and create a free account with a company they probably never heard of, Databox. Uh, they have to connect their GA4 data. Um, again, once again, was share, sharing it anonymously, but sharing their, their login information through the system to connect that data. And so there's a decent amount of trust they have to have in our system, um, of which they never heard of. And so they clearly heard about it from you. Your endorsement must've went a long way. Um, and so, and, and, and then I asked you how you did it. And you basically said, I sent an email out. 
Um, so that gives a lot of, uh, uh, the reason I think that worked so well for you is that, um, you've spent a decade establishing yourself as an expert in this industry on these topics. Uh, and that enabled you to build that pretty quickly, um, and get some data, uh, that's yeah. useful for those. those I remember when you and I were first going back and forth and you were saying, well, you, you could add, add their Facebook and add their yeah. you know, LinkedIn. And I said, well, I don't, I don't really know about that. I said, if we could just, just focus on one, I think we're going to have a much higher success. Yeah. And then we'll come back and we'll get the other ones. And it was, yep. I think it was just having that industry knowledge of i'm not going to ask everything everyone to do everything yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly let's just do one thing and then we're going to go to the next yeah. thing we're to do the next so once again as i mentioned before we're playing a long game with this and we're yep. we're not even at the bottom of the first inning right right and so your your motivation is to do the research similar to the way you did the secret shopper studies this one's a little quicker um but similar yes. to that that gives you some data that you can then use to guide your clients or your prospects into making the right decisions Exactly. Uh, and making improvements to their own results. Yep. Um, and then the other thing we're doing is a survey together. Um, and once again, you sent an email out. And I think collectively between our list and your list, we got almost 100 responses so far. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're asking questions in there um, that you're then planning to take and share as content, right? Which will help you position some of the other things you do. So I know there's a question in there on like, have you used the secret shoppers study to improve the, you know, prove your website. Um, and I think we saw that like 28% of the companies in the group did that, which we thought was high. We don't believe that 28% of, of the out of 100 actually did it, but still that means that 72% of the companies out there are missing out on that opportunity. And those 28% that say they're doing it, um, um, you know, might be, might be the right people. And you obviously have expertise in running that survey, uh, secret shopper survey. So that allows you to position the services that you have or one of the services that you have. So um, between the benchmarks and the survey data, basically we're working together to help put content together that will be intriguing for your target market, uh, which you've done before. So it's Exactly. Economy. And I think it's interesting because then you can take historical data that we have, particularly around that one framework, because we did a very similar study back in 2019, which mm -hmm. we were seeing 6% were doing secret shopping back then, 94% were not. Okay. So we could say that maybe there has been a trend of improvement, but out of the 28% who are, well, let's, let's dive deeper. What's your methodology? How are you applying this? Is this on a quarterly basis? So there's a lot more yep. questions that you could take this and it just, you keep going down the rabbit hole of, well, let's learn more. Let's learn more. And it's why being yeah. a curious kindergartner is a, is a, is a strategic you know, advantage. It's, it's so it's such engage. It's such a great way to engage your audience in your market and start conversations. Um, I had a, um, somebody reach out to me today saying, Hey, Pete, I finally did what I finally checked out your product. Um, and he had two really good questions about the product. And I looked back at the thread and I didn't recognize his name. Um, and I'm like, when, when, and I don't remember talking to this guy. I looked back at the thread. The last messages we exchanged were December of 2022. So more than 11 wow. months ago or 11 months ago. Um, and so, but what brought him back was that I was running a new survey that he was interested in taking and getting at and getting access to the preliminary results. And that jogged his memory to like, Oh shit, I wanted to do that thing with those guys. I wanted to figure out their product and see if that made sense for me. Uh, and so by having these surveys, you can get people back in the right frame of mind 
It's extremely low pressure. I didn't have to pitch him anything. I didn't even have to like tell him what I do. He took the time to look at our product, figure it out, start using it without ever me saying, hey, you should check out our product, right? He's self-diagnosed because I was asking the right questions in the research that we're doing. I mean, it's a, so. it's a mindset. You have to give more than you, you're, you're ever going to get. Um, but I think with what comes back to you is what you, far more than yeah. what you would ever get had you not given in the first place yeah. or gave. I think it's gave. more about like, um, I don't think you have to give more than you get. I think you have to spend, be thoughtful and spend time up front thinking about what is interesting and to your, to your market, to your prospects, what trends are yeah. there, what things that they should be doing and just and be thoughtful about how you structure your data gathering so that those insights are interesting to them. And uh, yeah, it takes some work to do that, but it's a lot easier than like cold calling for 12 months and trying to get on calls with people who don't know the hell, who the hell you are. Um, and the more you do this stuff, the more you create, the more you research, the more you create, the more insights you have, the more people just flock to you, right? Like people, ref you get yeah. more referrals, people talk about you, you get invited to speak on stages in front of hundreds of people. Like it just becomes a lot easier to the point where you don't have to give shit <laughs> in order to get, in order to get. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I think when I say give more than you get, I'm talking about you're giving away the thinking and the knowledge and the perspective. Sure. I mean, I, you know, packaging all of that up into like LinkedIn posts and the podcast. And yes. if I think back, you were talking about cold calling. I don't cold call. Um, I, I, I just, I yeah. just don't, um, it's not, yeah. I just can't do it. Uh, I don't want to do it. Number yeah. one. Um, it just doesn't, yeah. it just makes me feel gross. But then two, if I think about where I was in, in 2012, 11, 10, nine, even we were going to conferences and spending, spending six figures with the booth at a conference. Right. And I'm like, this is dumb. This is a horrible use of money. your logo. Exactly. It's a <laughs> yeah. horrible use of time. It's a horrible use of money. But now it's yeah. like you, the whole context of time changes because when you start packaging this stuff up and sharing it, it's, it's not just return on investment dollar. It's also return on time because not only is it speaking in front of, you know, a thousand, 2000 people, podcast goes out, you know, gets, you know, a thousand, 1500 downloads, um, LinkedIn right. post goes out and it's just a different yeah. way of thinking about the, the context of time. I'm looking for efficiencies at this point in scalability. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it be, you become infinitely scalable when you, when you, when you, when you take it, this, take this approach. So, um, all of this doesn't work unless it leads to conversation. So I want to share the 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 last thing that you're doing uh, that's related, right? So you did an email out to your base, to your list to say, hey, join the benchmark group. You did an email out to your list to say, take the survey. And then your last email you share with me, you said an email out saying, hey, um, you know, you're a respected member of the banking community. I would be interested in interviewing you or having you as a guest on on my podcast which of which they probably know about because you've done yeah. 400 episodes and so how many walk us through that and tell us how many responses you got of people that <laughs> want to jump on your podcast in your target market oh my goodness hundreds I, by the way i got the email and so did your our partner yeah you know, the data box partnership manager you work with fetter uh, we both got the email and fetter's screen grabbed at me he's like do you think he meant this to send this to me <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't even like clean up your list. You just sent it out to the whole damn list. 
Double That's right. Hun- so he's sending out, I don't know, maybe like uh, almost 6,000 people. We had a hundred so far, 164 people reply, say, yes, I want to join. And yep. I go, oh, oh my gosh, we've created a little bit of a monster here. So very quickly, we had to put together a process and a template because that's the only way that I can like systematize right. something like this. And then, but what happened is we replied back. You've got the um, a link back to the survey because we're wanting to use their insights. Uh, but then I said, okay. you know what? We could turn this around and really use this as almost you've got a question or you've got a problem. Let's bring you on the podcast and let's solve this in real time. Yep. So then it becomes another deeper level data point that we might might look at their benchmark data. We right. might look at their survey data and and yep. talk about that. Got it. Okay. So this was a way to like spark their attention. Obviously, everybody loves being on a podcast, right? You and I love it at least. Um, and so... Uh, and so it's like an honor, a compliment to invite them. And, and then you follow up and say, hey, share, fill out these things. Join this venture group, fill out the survey. Let's get some more insight about you. And then let's talk about what we're going to talk about. Um, yep. and, and so that gets you, I don't know how you're going to do it, but that gets you 164 conversations with people in your target market, talking about exactly what you right. do and what they're doing and the problems they have and what they're working on and like perfect conversations to, if nothing else, build a relationship with them but most likely will lead to them saying, Hey, why don't you fly out and speak to my team? Or, Hey, That's... you know, why don't you, why don't we do a workshop? Or yes, I love the secret shopper idea. I don't know why we haven't done that. With zero cold calls. Zero cold calls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. I don't have a problem doing cold calls. Give me a list. I'll make the cold calls, but it's fucking stupid. Excuse my language. Uh, is a dumb waste of time. You're basically spending all That's of your time thing. dialing and getting hung up on not and so take the time reverse the process say hey i'm calling to get i'm emailing you i'm contacting you i'm calling you because i want to get your insights and i'll share it back with you do the research for them so that they know what their strategy should be and then package that up put it out there and they'll share it and other people will share it and you'll get engaged people and people will want to work with you it's really it like it amazes me that um like the pretty much the second strategy that most companies employ after digital marketing now is cold calling. They jump right to hmm. cold calling. Uh, and, and so it's just, it's ridiculous to me. So I'll, I end, mean, I'll end my rant there. I could probably go on for another few minutes. No, no, no. You, you, your, your point is taken. It's like, I could do it. I don't want to do it because it's a waste of time. Yeah. And time is like, it's the most valuable thing that we all have. Right, exactly. I'd rather right. be doing this stuff, having a conversation. Yeah, this, this is much more fun, right? Yes. Yeah. Us, us, get, us getting up on the show boxes. Um, cool. Anything else you want to add, James Robert? Man, I'm just, I'm so grateful um, for <laughs> just knowing you and the collaboration <laughs> and just the, the, the future to co-create. And I think that's the key. I, I, I heard something um, in an executive coaching program that I'm in, Strategic Coach, and one of the things that they talked about in the last workshop, cooperation is where we're working together. Collaboration mm-hmm. is where we're co-creating together. Well, I love that. I prefer co-creating. I love that. Yeah. You're, you've been a, an advocate for, you know, what we're doing at Databox. And I appreciate that very much. Um, I have these schemes that I dream up and people look at me funny the first 10 times I share them. And you're one of the guys that didn't look at me funny and thought and reflected. And even though it maybe took you a little time to come around when you did, you went all in. And I appreciate that so much because uh, without, without collaborators that are co-creating with me, 
uh, my schemes will not go anywhere. And, uh, and I would add that I appreciate um, the banter that we've had back and forth on collaborative growth, the methodology that we're trying to put out there. Um, and, and you've nailed it. Like we have a three-step process that we try to teach people. First step is conversations. You have to have conversations with people. It's not sales conversations, but conversations to learn from each other. Uh, that's step one. Next step two is co-create, creating something from those conversations with respect, respecting anonymity, of course, but gathering data, gathering insights and sharing that back with those people that you're talking to as a service to them and to your broader audience. And then that leads to consulting. And I think you are nailing the methodology well before I'll ever publish the book on it. Um, but uh, so let's, you know, getting your feedback, get, get, having you apply some of what we're doing together and, and seeing how it works is, is, uh, is truly priceless to me. So I thank you so much for the collaboration, James Robert. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Cool. All right. Till the next time uh, we get together. Is there, uh, if somebody does want to contact you, where's the right way to reach out to you? Not that you need any more phone calls uh, or inbound mm -hmm. leads, but um, no, if they I'm, want to I'm, follow along, what's listen, the best way I'm here to, to help. Along? I'm here to help. But <laughs> if, if I can be a resource um, and you want to go down, we'll call it a different journey. It was, uh, mm -hmm. what was it? Uh, two paths of virgin yellow wood. And I took the one less traveled. And for that, I'm grateful. I always take the road. I'm a contrarian. So I'm always going to go down the, if everyone's going in one direction, I'm just going to go down the other way just because I can. <laughs> and uh, I'm just different like that. But no, uh, look me up on LinkedIn, James Robert Lay. Send me an email, jrwlay at digitalgrowth.com or, or text me 832-549-5792. I'm here to help wow. in any way I can, man. I try to avoid giving out my cell phone uh, publicly, but that's very generous of you. <laughs> uh, listen. I'm not that cool. I mean, you know what? Your text is going to slide in between my kids. That's about it. My wife. I'm not that cool. Yeah, you're pretty cool. All right, man. Thank you so much. We're wrapped Thanks, here. Pete. We'll talk soon. Be well, do good. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.